You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. I've got a super special episode in store for you today. It's a little bit different because this season so far has just been solo episodes, but this episode is a conversation with one of my very best friends, Jada Selner. She's an author, speaker, mom, wife, coach, amazing, amazing friend. We basically, and we talk about this in the conversation, but we basically talk to each other all day, every day. (laughs) We call each other our Polly Pockets, um, and we get to see each other in real life as often as possible. Obviously, not last year in 2020, um, but we, at the time, that we're recording this just got back from one of our most recent squad trips. So we talk about that. We talk about our book processes and behind the scene conversations, sharing about managing our health and mom guilt and marriage and motherhood and all of these things as we've been in what Jada calls the creative cocoon season, a little bit on the vision for what's next as these books eventually make their way out into the world and into your hands and earbuds, hopefully. I hope you enjoy this conversation. We literally dream of being able to have in real life conversations with you talking about all of these things one sweet day once our books are out and we have tangible assets to point you to and be like what do you think what are your thoughts let's discuss so this is kind of our way of manifesting to that point little by little in the form that we can to be able to invite you to join us for this conversation so again i hope you enjoy tag us on instagram she's at jada selner I'm at Nikki Elledge Brown, and we'd love to hear your thoughts and any light bulb moments that this conversation sparked for you. All right, catch you on the other side. Nikki Elledge Brown. Hi. <laughs> this is a Polly Pocket edition where you get to be a fly on the wall of Nikki and I having our conversations that, what, what did you call it? We have a never ending. Yeah. Cause we were just like, oh, have we done this before? Have we had this conversation on Jada's podcast? And we forgot that we did actually have a conversation that went live in December of 2020. And I'm like, well, no wonder we're confused because our life is literally just one constant conversation. <laughs> we talk all day. Nobody has this verbal processing stamina <laughs> that we do. So how would you define verbal processing? It's something I had to define in my book recently. And I was just curious how you... like it. people don't know what that even means. We just think out loud. We tend to think out loud. Some people journal and write things out, but we tend to think out loud. And it's nice to have a real life processing partner who can like go toe to toe, you know, like having a power walking buddy who's going the marathon. I feel like that's what you are with me in all the different areas of life that we can be like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I had for lunch. There may be a degree of codependency, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> yes. And just to give people a little bit of a, a background reminder of who you are, because we actually have had two conversations on the Lead with Love podcast. Mm-hmm. You were my very first, uh, you interviewed me in yes. episode like zero, zero, zero. <laughs> Welcome mm-hmm. to the Lead with Love podcast. So I will definitely link to the show notes for that. And then in 
episode 181, we talked about refining your F management system with you. So if y'all want to learn all of Nikki's word nerd isms, there's plenty of them in there where she talks about profitable priorities and just how to navigate family, biz, self, all those beautiful things. And also just a reminder of what an awesome human being you are. You are a fully expressed mama, teacher, speaker, podcast host of Naptime Empires. You also are, you're like the secret vault coach (laughs) behind the scenes. (laughs) That secret security clearance. Yes. What do you call it? Perception shifts. Permission slips and perception shifts. Yes. And I feel very, very honored that I get access to that along with your your word pickle support behind the scenes in our app in Boxer. And if you all want to binge on some of Nikki's good loving, her good words, definitely check out the Naptime Empires podcast too. Yes. Rajada was one of my first guests. We recorded it five years ago <gasps> in 2016. And then it aired. I'm looking in my podcast app right now, January 24th, 2017, your episode six, Jada Selner on building an empire with intention, which is Ooh. like so perfect. We even had build in the title, building an empire. It's a, she builds naptime empires mashup. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because we go way back to 2013. So we have a whole catalog for y'all to listen to our conversations in years past. Yeah. So I know this season of life for us is you actually have, are you, what season are you in on Naptime Empires right now? I'm calling it season four book notes. So that's (laughs) why we're going to tuck this baby right on in there. If you're listening in Naptime Empires, welcome. Please go check out Jada on her podcast. I love it. I love it. And I'm in season four too. So (laughs) all I see... (laughs) All I see is the giant like twin emoji. Yes. We we are running on parallel paths. We are parallel playmates. Mm -hmm. We are mamas. We're entrepreneurs. And yes, season four book mode, which is something that I do want to talk about today because I feel like that's all I'm doing is eating and sleeping and thinking about my book. Like it's all consuming. So I'd love a little update of where you are with your book right now. Because we did talk about the book in our previous conversation on the Lead with Love podcast. Right. But, you know, catch us up. So what we talked about had to have been that I had written the whole manuscript or like the first draft of the manuscript for Naptime Empires with the intention to self-publish. I did that in one of the first months of quarantine in a wild and intense span of like 12 days, was it? I don't know. You were with me on a lot of those Zoom calls. We are, I'm calling us palm queens because of our Pomodoro style (laughs) where it's just like Pac-Man. Like we just take it, take it, take it once we have our own timeline set and go for it. So I was all a buzz on my pregnancy fumes at that time, because I was like, I could get the book out by the time the baby's here. If we had that conversation, it would have been where I had readjusted my timeline basically. And I was realizing the benefits that that I didn't get it all together to self-publish before she came because life has shifted. Now that she's here, I hit the reset timer on my own naptime empire life. And it's a completely different style this way. You know, like when I started my business with Bryson, 
baby number one, he was already here in toddler mode. And then it was a much different thing to have a business and then have the baby for number two. And then while I've been in my like semi-sabbatical mode to bring her (laughs) into the mix, while I'm actually just ready to step forward into a new business model that really fits and suits the lifestyle that I'm like pretty clear on, at least for this next season was a different thing. So I'm just being more patient with the timeline, but probably the biggest update because I haven't even touched the docs in months as the time we're recording this. But the biggest update is when you called me out on my poop in my pool. (laughs) That sounds gross. In June, when you came to visit and we had a conversation and you asked this life-changing question while we were in my pool with our buddy, Jen Kim, and you asked me, do you think you haven't actually pushed this forward because you'd rather go this traditional publishing route? And I was like, ooh, I think you're right. And so I've been doing my own decision-making process on at least pursuing a traditional publishing deal because I do know in my heart that that is something I I believe at least I would love to experience in this lifetime and at least go for it. Because I also know there are drawbacks to it and there are plenty of benefits to self-publishing and that's always going to be an option. So that's the update is that starting in 2022, I will be putting together a formal book proposal and shopping naptime empires around to see if we can find a win-win situation with a traditional publisher. There are so many things. I'm like, pin, 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 pin. (laughs) So I want to say when we were in the pool and Nikki has a fabulous like Ariel's Grotto pool in her backyard. And because we were (laughs) in Texas, it was basically a ginormous hot tub. The water was so warm and I was so happy. I turned the heat on just for you. (laughs) Yes, because I am obsessed with hot tubs. But what I want to say is, you know, something that I do on our squad trips. So there's the four of us, we call it squad with a capital Q because there's four of us. Um, So Jen Kim, Nicole Walters, Nikki Elledge Brown, and myself, Jada Selner. And something that I, I tend to do because I have so much background information on Nikki, your like all your thoughts, right? <laughs> From the verbal processing. So I try to be really careful. And so sometimes I'll ask Jen a question, you know, like I'll be like, Jen, do you think? And so, but when you when we asked about the traditional publishing question, you were an immediate yes. It wasn't in a like, ooh, you might have felt that on the inside, but yeah. like the energy of there was just this this fierce like inner knowing that mm-hmm. I sensed right away. And mm-hmm. it was, there was actually no question or hesitancy in you, in your response to it. There was like what you call like getting sparky. You totally yeah. got sparky with it. And then there's all obviously the fears and the hesitations that come with that, right? Of like, oh, is my platform big enough? Am I like all of those things? Have any of those things popped up for you in pursuing the going the book proposal, this more traditional publishing route? Like what are some of the for sure because the biggest thing and and as you're saying it, I'm hearing it as what my friend Aaron Ashley Kerti calls a claircog hangover in terms of like being clear cognizant. You know, we hear clairvoyance, there's clairsentient, there's clear audience in terms of just how you receive your intuitive knowing the strongest. And for me, it's clear cognizance. It just feels like, yes, I know that. I know that that is true or that is right for me in this moment. And then afterwards you have what she calls a clear cog 
hangover, <laughs> which is when all these doubts swoop in and all of the fears and all of that. So I'm, I'm actually, since I'm on the other side of it, it's like, it was easy for me to forget. No, at the time it was just clear, like, yes, of course. And then all my fears and things came up. But what I realized was it was really like, yeah, uh-huh. I was actually just trying to protect myself from rejection if I wasn't able to get a traditional book deal. So I was actually just self-selecting. I'm just going to stay right here in my own where I can control you know, pretty much all the outcomes and do all the things and and it's all on me, which is benefit and drawback, right? Like if it is to be, it's up to me. And then if I'm not doing it, then it's not happening. It's not rolling forward. So I became my own bottleneck. But yeah, so, you know, me and my decision-making process, and I share that in an episode over on Naptime Empires, where I literally walk through what my decision-making process looks like in terms of making the table, the four square table, basically of the benefits of traditional publishing and the drawbacks to traditional publishing and the benefits of self-publishing and the drawbacks to self-publishing. And then just letting my overthinky brain run wild until it has no more answers. And it's said all that it needs to say. And then that way I can be like, okay, in my heart, seeing all these things as objectively in mind fully as possible, which do I choose? And so that's when I was like, okay. I'll go I loved, <laughs> I loved listening to that episode. So let's definitely link back to that. Yeah. Speaking of links, <laughs> <laughs> how are you linking? Because you've reset the timeline. So I'm curious and, and you can define what linking is, but how are you linking the book and the timeline of also prioritizing family and having a toddler at home? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what that process is like for you right now. It'll be interesting, right? Because I'm not actually diving back into it for a couple more. Or I mean, I guess it's really just a month and a half now at the time that we're recording this. So I'll be dipping back into it soon and then being like fully appreciating how intense you've been with your book focus for the last few months. Like you've really found pace. So I can't wait to talk about that. But for me, linking, and I haven't talked about this yet anywhere publicly, is a couple months ago, as you know, I noticed a little pink spot on my shoulder that I thought was unusual. And I went to the dermatologist just to have things checked out because I, I know in my head, they're like, if there's anything that you're not used to seeing, just come get it checked out. Anyway, it turned out to be a basal cell carcinoma. So is this, you know, the most superficial, lightest type of skin cancer or cancer that you can have, but it's still the C word. And that's enough to scare the crap out of you and just make you really think about like, wait, what's happening? What does this mean? Why is this happening? So I was using all of my tools to figure out and and work through it and like, see, what does this mean to me? This might not seem connected, but I promise I'm getting there. To me asking, why is this happening? Why this specific form of feedback in my body? Why here on my shoulder, on my right side of all sides? Like, why is this happening? And to me, it it was serving as a wake-up call because the right side is associated with the masculine Mm. and the weight on the shoulder, you know, and like the pressure that I've been putting on myself to figure out what the heck I do want to do with my business moving forward. It's just like, okay, it's time. I'm not going to put it off anymore. It actually activated my mama bear mode to link as you're talking about, which is based on the work I do using John Martini's values determination process and all of that. It's like knowing what your values are 
And I like to see it as a recycle emoji, like linking them to where they are so connected that you know that when you're working on your book, you're actually loving and supporting your family. When you're with your family, you're getting great content and really showing up in your life as you want to and integrity so that when you are promoting your book or writing it, you know, that you can be more fully present there. Linking all of those values is just really clear to me. Like, okay, great. You know, I realized that the time and energy I want to put into book stuff and business stuff is actually going to support my family because pretending like I don't care about it was literally starting to like eat at me. Like literally, you know, I have a big scar on my shoulder. Not big, mm. it's like a centimeter. But to me, it's like, okay, I have this reminder and I actually think it's beautiful because this little scar on my shoulder now is just reminding me to keep going and choose my flavor of discomfort so that I can create and leave this legacy so that, you know, even on this, the basic leaving a digital footprint and even in paper, right? Like the books that you're writing, Zoe's going to be reading and future generations will be reading. It's like you leaving your mark literally and figuratively. So there's also that, you know, that was a lot. I love all your muchness. So a lot <laughs> is welcome. I love the re- recycling emoji and trying to, you know, not even trying, but connecting those pieces. As you were saying that I, I feel a strong sense around that as I'm working on my book and I am in a full like <laughs> vortex of, of creation and writing and editing and feel this sense of guilt of how much time I'm putting into the book right now. Mm-hmm. I I feel really proud of myself and I express that to George, my husband, my daughter Zoe. And I don't and I share with them like I finished chapter 10 and and Zoe's like that's so great. Like mm-hmm. I love modeling that I'm working on something that's bringing me a lot of joy that it's allowing me to be creatively expressed and share my story. And, you know, my daughter, she wants to, she loves writing. She loves creative writing and reading fiction books and things like that. And so it just feels very cool to show her what's possible that, that she could write down her words and, and also what it takes, you know, that Mm -hmm. it's not just like write a story down and then you're done, but how many revision processes, how many drafts there are, how many people. One thing that I always do when I pick up a book, I don't read a lot of books, but when I do, even if I don't finish them, I always read the acknowledgements page first. I don't know if you mm. knew that about me. Yes. Um, I love that. you. <laughs> it's just my favorite. Cause I'm like, look at all these humans that it took to pull this tiny rectangular object into to form for people to hold and to cry and to laugh and to be inspired and to have aha moments. I, I'm just so inspired by that. It's not just one person that's Mm. writing a book. There are so many people like sitting on the bus with you to, to bring ideas and projects to life. So that's just one of my, my favorite things to do. I love that you do that. And it's just so you that you do that. It's like the warm hug section of the book. (laughs) It's your first place to go. And I'm wondering, because I've witnessed it firsthand, right? Because I do get to be your Polly Pocket and to see you and hear you and knowing, okay, she's going in, she's got her Pomodoros. Like, 
life is still happening. There's been all kinds of things going on in your life for the last few months as you've really been like finding your pace and your rhythm and your flow and all of that. And I don't know how much you've already covered in other episodes. So just take this for what you will. But what do you think has been most helpful to you in like locking in? Like I'm not, you know, kind of like the, the dog with a bone where it's like, no, I'm actually not letting go. Where there have been times over the last few years where we're like, a dabble here, a dabble there, which is more still where I am right now. But you're like, no, no, author pants mode is fully engaged. Even if we're just waiting for cupcakes or coffee at Magnolia, (laughs) you know, last week, like you're, I could get in, you know, these two sentences are like these two sections, like you got your laptop with you everywhere. What has really made the difference for you in terms of feeling like it's go time, this is happening, I'm committed and I'm getting the support that I need to be able to get these ideas on the page. Yeah. I think that word support that you said has been key for me in ramping up my energy as, you know, uh, Rebecca McLaughlin talks about us as big energy women, where we have a lot of like the surge of big creative output, which will, you know, ultimately be followed by a crash. But I did a lot of crashing over the summer and the fall from all the big things that were happening in my life. And so I'm in the, the creative push, the creative output. And the thing that has maintained my stamina is definitely the support squad, which is one of my chapters in the book, Gather Your Support Squad. And Mm -hmm. definitely you having this, my Polly Pocket accountability, just someone witnessing. That's what you were talking about at the top of this conversation is our, our verbal processing stamina. Like we know what we ate for breakfast, (laughs) what calls we have on our schedules, my doctor's appointment reschedule. (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're whispering in closets. If we're like mad at our husbands and we're having event session or in school, pick up drop off lines on the way to a massage appointment, we are so (laughs) tethered to each other in, in that form. And it's really helpful that I can kind of share my full life with you and also get into the details about, yeah, I'm starting my next Pomodoro. And for those who don't know what the Pomodoro technique is, I I did want to define that. It's based off an Italian timer, like a kitchen timer. And so you set a timer for 25 minutes and you work for a focused amount of time without any distractions. And then you take a five minute break and I can do like up to three sometimes even four Pomodoros before I like shake my booty and get up. But sometimes I'm breaking, you know, every for that five minute break. So I just wanted to define that for those who don't know what a Pomodoro is. So that's been really helpful is just having a friend who's on the journey and just like cheering me on. And then also working with Rebecca, having someone who's looking at all the pieces of my life that are happening. You know, I lost my my bonus grandfather a few weeks ago. He passed away and navigating grief and just giving me the permission and reminder that, hey, let the book down for a few days and then mm-hmm. come back up. There's something about people in your corner. And like you said, permission slips and perception shifts are so important to have someone on the outside looking in who knows your capacity and what you're Mm -hmm. capable of, but also reminds you of when it's like, go rest, you know, just, and so that was really helpful to kind of not keep going and keep pushing when it's like, oh, right, grief, let's create some space for this and not 
power through. So that's been really helpful is just having someone who can see me tending to all the pieces of my life and also naming like any guilt that does come up. Cause I did several mm-hmm. book writing retreats and there was guilt with that. So being able to name it and like, and then guilt around how, like how you showed up to the retreat or what you ended up getting out of it maybe, or what was the guilt around with the book writing retreat? Oh, the guilt was leaving my family, oh, <laughs> like okay. leaving, leaving the house. And like, yeah. you know, we have a, a 10 month old puppy. And so like, all right, George, so you're on walking duty with Beasley. And yeah. just because I did it like three weeks in a row where I went away for three to four nights. And also that's very restorative for an introvert, <laughs> like a social introvert like me. I'm like, woo, by yeah. myself. And so, yeah, there was some guilt in in leaving my family for so many days in a row, but mm-hmm. I did come back to to touch back in. So there was guilt around that or is my husband feeling overwhelmed or stressed that he's taking all the, the at-home responsibilities during that time? So just making sure to, to check in and he's like, do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we make up these stories in our heads um, that people are feeling a certain way. And then I just went and shared how I was feeling and checking in and he wasn't even feeling the things, all the things that I had made, made up and built right. my guilt around. Right. Yeah. And it's nice and refreshing, especially after the year of your plus of quarantine time and everybody being together in the nest and all up in each other's faces and spaces. It's like, it's nice to give ourselves a chance to miss each other and to have something like, oh, you don't know what I did today. So we have something new to talk about. (laughs) You were right there the whole day. You saw everything. (laughs) When I was telling y'all last week that Jeremy was like, I was, we were talking about solo parenting or being the primary parent and la la la. I'm like, you know, I did this for like months and months at a time by myself, right? Like, yeah, but like, you never leave because <laughs> he was gone on a submarine for context. If you don't know, he used to be an active duty submarine guy. Now he's part-time. So he's reserves in the reserves. So he's home a lot. I mean, most of the time, but so am I. <laughs> so he's like, you never leave. <laughs> so they were really excited or he was really excited to get to run this ship his way. Senior and chief daddy on deck where they were like in bed by eight, like they were living their best lives. So to the point where last night, now that I'm home and we're like bumbling and fumbling over each other, I'm like, <laughs> can you just take the lead tonight? Like, I just want to watch and see how this goes. Like, let's, I'm really considering stepping back or at least trying to, instead of like being the controlling parent, because I was solo for so many years, it was easy for me to take that like role, but I'm like, oh wait, but he's actually probably better at it than me now, at least for what we need at this point with three kiddos and stuff. So we'll see how that goes tonight, (laughs) but it's nice to give them a chance to step up and see what they're capable of. And also taking off because you had to be mommy and daddy while he was under sea. So also coming back to that masculine energy and the weight on your shoulders of like, ah, let me just take this off for a moment and hand it over to chief Mm -hmm. daddy. Who's very handsome, (laughs) (laughs) muscles, handsome and capable, (laughs) but it's also preparing him and the kids for you when it is time for you to go into yeah. Book mode, super focused book mode. So since we were talking about, you know, them getting a chance to miss you and also to take on those responsibilities at home, I would love to talk a little bit about our squad trips. Cause I, mm-hmm. I think I've talked about them maybe once on an episode here many moons ago, 
But yeah, I would just love for us to kind of explore that conversation on our relationship with squad trips and and what we've been able to create and build over these several years. Yeah, I was just in our iMessage thread yesterday reflecting on usually these trips. So we started our first semi-squad trip, which Jada wasn't physically (laughs) present for, was in June of 2018. So it was me, Nicole, and Jen in Hawaii. And then was it that fall that we met up together all for the first time? And that was in Sausalito. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. And then in 2019, which really it's it's strange that it's been only three years, but it's like, we've seen each other so many times, obviously not in 2020, but even in 2021, we've done two trips and we did at least three or four in 2019. So it's just become this regular thing where it's like, you really have to be committed because for all of us, well, some of us more than others, travel takes a lot. <laughs> Me and Jada need a lot of buffer time before and after we are on the move. But it's like, that's a big commitment to be traveling and doing for all of us for various reasons, right? Like for me having little bitty humans and then Jada with her book timelines and manuscript and you know businessy things and all of that. But we always tend to walk away with a homework assignment, which is cool. Even if it's just it just kind of casually, you never know when it's going to come up. You never know what area of life it's going to be about. But we'll be having conversations throughout our few days together. And it's like very clear that's your homework. <laughs> like by the next time we see you, you better have handled that ish so that we don't have to have the same conversation next time. Yes. And it's really beautiful to look at that. Like I was just looking and recapping it, like I said, in the in the text last night, thinking like, This is such a beautiful, my homework assignments over the years have been so clearly just the reason and the journey that have led me to this exact point, whether it's, okay, you got to get support with yourself and with your marriage as y'all are navigating what life looks like when you're both home all the time. Okay. You actually do want a third baby or do you not? Like, what does this look like? Okay. Bringing her into the world, talking about the book stuff. So reflecting on that yesterday was really sweet to me. What are your like... Yeah. How would you describe it? Yeah. I love the consistency and the the frequency because I'm like, I get to pull my poly pocket. Wait, I was saying like oh, at yeah. the end of our, our Austin trip, we just we literally just got back from Waco and Austin, Texas. And I just love being because you and I talk so much, we co-work on Zoom. We're on Voxer and our on-demand walkie-talkie app (laughs) to see you in person and in flesh. And like, oh, it's just, I love it because we're not neighbors. We live many states away from each other. So that's to me, just getting that in-person connection time, especially when you have been someone who's built an online business and and so much of what you do is on, for me, a 13 inch Mm -hmm. screen. Mm -hmm. So that in-person like girlfriend time, belly laughs, good food. And and we're Uh, all so... Always good food. Yes. And And so much. We eat so much. We eat so much. (laughs) Oh, all the cupcakes every day. We went to Magnolia Bakery and got cupcakes every single day that we were there. And then we took cupcakes home, but they were not as good. I don't know. Yours were probably better, but taking the cupcakes. Oh, right. On the, on the flight, <laughs> there was probably some kind of drying situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I think it's the face-to-face time. And even with Jen Kem, we're neighbors. We're less than a mile away from each other like where we live. And I see her more 
in different cities and states and countries. <laughs> and so I just love that because we, when we're in our day-to-day lives and our day-to-day routines, we've, we've got our stuff, we've got our commitments, we've got our teams, we've got our clients. And so there's something about prioritizing vacation, scheduled vacation time to be present with people that you love and adore. And there's also something very special about being with your girlfriends, you know, mm-hmm. it's different than being on a family trip. Like I feel it's very different. <laughs> it's so different. But my friend Amy, she's like, traveling with family is not a vacation. That's a trip. It's a trip. <laughs> There's just so many more logistics where it's like if I'm going on a trip, you know, for squad time, it's just me. You know, like I just have to be responsible for packing me and and getting out and about. So I I love that. I love the in-person connection time. And then leaving you, I was like, feels like I have to put you back in like the genie lamp, you know, <laughs> back in my pocket you go. So that in-person time, and it's also, that would be a high value of mine is intimate, in-person, face-to-face, heart-to-heart, cozy with humans, which is the business model that I want to build as I finish this book, being able to lead more retreats and create more of that in-person connection time for other women entrepreneurs to connect in very similar ways that we're able to, where we're not just talking about business strategies and marketing and all of those things, which we do touch upon because we all are entrepreneurs, but also being able to talk about the deeper life stuff that impacts how we show up in our business and also impacts just everything, how we are in the world. So I love the the range of our conversations that we can talk business, we can talk money, we can talk scarcity, we can talk relationships, mm-hmm. kids, all those things is is really valuable to me for sure. Same, all the things. And if you're listening to this at some point in the future, when Jada is offering in-person experiences again, you got to sign up, you got to get on the wait list, you got to do the thing because she is so talented, gifted and creating a sensory experience. You know, like I'm literally just looking at her Zoom picture right now because we're not on video. And I'm just like her pictures that you see on her website or on her cover photos or whatever. It's it's just fun for me. One of my favorite things is your Mary Poppins bag because Jada usually packs lightly with like a carry-on only. And I bring what I call big perp, which is like an obnoxiously large purple suitcase that I put everything in. Even when I don't have children with me, I'm still overpacking and bringing snacks and water and la la la. But I love seeing Jada's clothes in a closet. Like her, it's like a little boutique wherever (laughs) she goes, her clothes, just the experience. And it's just so consistent. And to me, that's fun. Like to see us all pop out of the internet in our real and just seeing how our, our personalities and our different styles show up in the physical things that we carry with us and how we set up our rooms or our bathrooms and whatever. To me, I delight in noticing those things, right? Because it's all reflection of the values and how you fill your space and what you're wearing. And yeah, oh, that's one. That. That's another. <laughs> <laughs> I also, you know, speaking of like popping out of the internet. I think that's another conversation I'd love to touch upon because you and I are parallel play partners. And I feel like we're revving up for a reemergence, but Mm -hmm. we've been in what I've been calling, especially due to the pandemic, a creative cocoon. And I also feel like it's really important to acknowledge you and I both have experienced loss and, Mm -hmm. and grief and the trauma that that creates, especially when you do prioritize 
family, but also, you know, want to make a living and want to sustain the lifestyle that we have. But I'd love to just mm, explore a conversation around our conversations behind the scenes and our relationship with the internet, with social media, Mm. with visibility, because we do want to write books that people read. So I'm just go wherever you, you feel around this conversation of our relationship with online and also reemergence and visibility. I know that's really big and wild. Yeah. I mean, in Facebook, Facebook relationship status terms, it's complicated (laughs) (laughs) because it's like, we both know in our hearts, minds, bodies, and investments and business strategy that writing books and sharing our message with lots and lots of people, our experiences and distilling them, taking the essence out, like take this note, pass it along so that hopefully it will spark something valuable for other humans. We both know that that's part of who we were put here to be. And also we value privacy and we value flexibility and time to do whatever the F we want to do with the people that we love to be able to go on trips and hang out with our families and have quiet time to ourselves and not have to necessarily live stream like we do to our, like, you know, to each other in a boxer (laughs) thread to social media, but also we have fun when we do that. It's just, I think the key is on our terms and in our time from a place of overflow, creative sparkiness, rather than feeling like I have to do this so that I can get this result. And I think that's probably the defining thing. Cause it's not like social media. I mean, obviously that's how we met. So I'm so thankful for social media for so many reasons. And also just really mindful in the last few years that my relationship with it has changed so much. Whereas at the beginning, I used to love, you know, sharing everything as it was happening really, because it was just like blowing my mind how my business was growing and people were signing up to work with me and, oh, this happened. Now I'm going to share this. And then things shifted. And I'm, I'm sure that's related to just my own stuff around people's responses. Obviously not everybody's going to like us and that's fine and natural and just how it is. But I was really triggered by triggering other people. So I kind of clammed up like a little oyster shell and stopped sharing for some things. And then also it's like, I have evidence that when I say things, people tend to like believe me or listen. And so part of my story over the last few years is like, I didn't want to lead people down a, you know, a parade down the cul-de-sac. Cause I'm like, I didn't know where I wanted to lead people. I didn't know what I wanted to share. I don't know what my message was going to be air quotes as if it existed and hasn't been obvious really <laughs> and under my nose this whole time, but like to not see it, I didn't want to like lead people down the path to like a dead end in a way. So I also was letting that be a good story and excuse (laughs) to keep me from sharing. But I also think this is a great way for us to talk about the conversation we had with Liz Gilbert. Yes. You were in my pocket. Yeah. That was, (laughs) that was one of our like, wow, Polly pocket, many win moments where it was like, whoa. Yeah. I went to like a, an event that Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, and one of our favorite books, Big Magic. Mm-hmm. And I, they had these like pieces of paper where you could write down questions that might get asked on stage. And so 
I was like, Nikki, do you have any questions? And I was by myself. I went solo, which is so rare for me, but I, I went to San Francisco and I also got to meet her and say hi to her in person. And I asked like probably, you know, the question that she gets asked over and over again. of like, what's your number one advice for writing? <laughs> I'm writing a second book. What's your advice? And she's just like, write to one person, just to one person, which is also what you would say in you're a course about copy, right? Having. Yeah. So that was my in-person question, but then there was like the global stage <laughs> question. And so I boxed Nikki, do you have any questions? I'll write it down and put it in the basket. And what was your question? It's funny too, because like you're over there having this big magic evening and I'm like over here piddling around doing whatever. And I remember like seeing it and being like, <gasps> what is my question? I could make one up real fast, but I want to think about it. And I understand if I take time to think about it, then I might miss the opportunity, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> like I'm processing this in my mind as I go then to shower. So I'm like, I'm going to see if something comes up, you know, some great ideas tend to just shower down when you're taking time away. So the question I had was, what is your best advice for someone who's creating in the public eye. It was something around those lines because to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, my recovering teacher's pet gold star, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, it it really triggered me to trigger other people. I got to get comfortable with that. If I want to share my message with more people, we're only going to rise to the level that we're willing to embrace criticism from total strangers and even from people that we know and love and care about, but also disagree with. Like we're limited based on what we're willing to like accept in that way. So that was my question. And Jada was already in her seat yes. up in the top of the theater. I was in the top. Like this was a huge theater and they went on, had their conversation and I could just listen to her talk for hours, but it was more probably like one hour. <laughs> and and then they came to the Q&A, which was like towards the end. And so they only had time, I think, for two questions. And one of those two questions was Nikki's question. So she was there with me and, and she answered the question. Do you remember what her answer was? Yes. Well, the way that I remember it, let me know if this was totally not it, but the way that I interpreted what you told me that she said <laughs> was instead of saying like the public eye, consider it the human family. And so in my mind, I'm like, right. Cause I've been seeing it. Like this is me at a panel interview in like a big empty warehouse where I'm coming up and presenting my creative work. Cause I had also been doodling a totally different book at the time. And so I'm like envisioning myself here world, like here's the offering. Do you approve or disapprove? And the way that just the phrase human family just made me realize like we're literally all making this up as we go. I mean, sure, I do believe it's possible that we've been here in different lifetimes. Maybe they're parallel happening now. I don't know. My brain can't really process (laughs) all of that. But like, we're creating this as we go. It's like when I told Bryson, my 10-year-old, at some point in the last year or two, I'm like, but I've never been a mom before. Like, I'm actually learning this (laughs) as we go. Whereas it's like in his mind, of course, in his perception, it's like, I've always been a mom. I'm like, that wasn't the case. Like, you are the reason that I'm learning how to be a mom. Likewise, in the human family, we're all making this up. It's not like the authors who are authoring have been here before and they already know this, like they're also just figuring it out as we go. And so it's just about contributing to the conversation, which is one of my favorite aha moment perception shifts from Denise Steffel Thomas around like be a contributor, not a guru. Just allow yourself to jump in like the big collective human family game of double Dutch and just allow yourself to get in there 
and see what happens. What was your interpretation of what she said? Well, that you described it perfectly. You're an excellent, concise storyteller. Like I'm like, yeah, that's it. But what I, what I love is bringing, resurfacing this conversation because you and I are in tandem holding hands, jumping into the deep end together as, as we, we are in book mode, but also know that we're going to have to shift to connection mode and, and, and sharing and showing our work as Austin Kleon says in his book, show your work. And I think it's the perfect pep talk and reminder for us that we don't have to look at social media one, I think it's really confusing because it's, they're calling it media, but, mm. and that we don't have to look at it as a marketing tool and strategy, even though we know that is a benefit that can come from that, that lets people know that you exist, that you have a body of work to share and they can opt in and learn more about what you're up to. So there is that, but to think of it of like, we are connecting with other the human family, I think is, it's just so beautiful and so poetic. And so Elizabeth Gilbert um, to kind of take that like big brother lens off and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, what you talk about, like being a performing monkey and like, just be yourself like an Aladdin. Um, And yeah, I, I feel, you know, I did a couple of IG stories because I was getting inspired by you. I didn't post any stories while we were on our trip. I, I really, I have, I love being present and not documenting in the moment. And I might have my own trauma from like simple green smoothies days of growing a following to over 400,000 followers. If like that cannot be my life where I'm just double tapping and hearting and liking and commenting and all of those pieces. Yeah. But, but also you were working on your book, you know? So it's like you were present with us and present with your book. And those were the two things that got to be on your docket, you know, like lucky yeah. to be with you last week. But I was inspired by you because you were sharing, you know, stories on Instagram. And I'm like, I just love seeing Nikki. Like it's because yeah, I don't. And I to- love seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We're going to need our therapy appointment to <laughs> disentangle ourselves when we decide to. It's not time yet. It's not time. <laughs> yeah. And well, I think because we've been each other's personal, private social media feeds. I'm like, right. I share my whole life with you and Voxer, like yes. photos, videos. Like one woman IG stories. Yes, yes it's totally. <laughs> one viewer. <laughs> so it was just interesting to try that on. And I feel different. Like, I, I don't know with the book process, with, you know, post, you know, we're, we're still in a pandemic, but I just, I feel, I feel different. Like there's something that feels different in this next season of reemergence. And it's because I'm trusting my own body and intuition, not forcing myself to do something because I have to, or Mm -hmm. should, or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Just being in a true authentic relationship with myself on how I want to express and share and, and just play and experiment and not I don't know, just not be so obsessed with metrics or conversions or is someone, if you're the only person watching, that would be fine mm-hmm. too, because that's mm-hmm. already, it's already true. Like I know I've yeah. got one fan, one true <laughs> fan, Nikki Ellidge Brown. <laughs> that's right. And it's, it's just a different place than the same. Well, like when you're talking about simple green smoothies days and for me, of course, about copy days, obviously Instagram stories weren't a thing. And I didn't have anywhere near a, an audience of 400,000 people or whatever. But like I said, I just, I was sharing a lot more and 
one of the terms that we've talked about behind the scenes a lot is inside out processing. Like, I just know that I'm okay with it. If there's something big, I am going to like talk to you and my inner circle first before I'm sharing it. And that's not to make it right or wrong. It's just my style and this season of life probably forever, but maybe not. And so it's just like knowing and being aware, like it serves and it's a beautiful thing for people who may not have the intimate inside out kind of connections that we have to where their social media community is that place for them to share. And I'm like, so grateful that that's an option for those people. I think that my pendulum and my thinking about it swung from like, I'm obsessed and on Facebook all the time, you know, in the early years. And then like, I want to run away from the internet in the middle. And now I'm just kind of finding my pendulum swinging down towards the bottom where it's like, sometimes I'm on, sometimes I'm off. I'm not going to apologize. I don't think I've ever really done that where, you know, some people are like, sorry guys, there's that hilarious tweet that I know is in a draft of my book somewhere. I don't know that it'll (laughs) ever make it, but it was, and I'm forgetting the person who wrote it on Twitter, but it was like, guys, if you're going to be checked out for the holidays, can you really, you know, please let us know because that's the last (laughs) thing we need to be dealing with. Like we've already got our plates are full. It's really a lot funnier than that, but it was just like when people feel the need to announce that they're taking a break, I'm like, no, like, I mean, again, people, you got to do what you got to do. But I feel like if we're feeling the need to announce, I'm not going to be available for the next 48 hours or three days or two weeks or whatever, then we're way too dependent on seeing each other through that one little app. (laughs) You know, like that's, that's okay. We don't need to actually apologize or forecast and like people are going to have to use tools to be able to manage that if they need to. So, yeah, yeah. I I think we're growing up and re, re, rewire does not feel like the right word, but reorienting our relationship with how and when we communicate to people out there. Um, Because I, I'm trying to think of, I just, you know, I sent a newsletter out today. I sent one out last week. I'll send a few more as I'm, you know, releasing these conversations and then I'll probably go back into my little creative cocoon. And, and reemerge, I think that's the path of a creative or a path that feels good to me in this season of my life. A path, right. Yeah. For (laughs) now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it could shift, it could change. Like I'm so inspired by Nicole, how she's able to document. Basically she has a reality TV show on IG stories. Right. And there's a full, there's a full story arc going on and it's, and it's continual and it's, and we're just so impressed with how she documents our whole trips. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, I can't keep up with all these photos and videos. You'll get a sprinkle of two and three for the next month. (laughs) Like that's a constant for where she's like posting this in, you know, 48 hours. And so, and that's really benefited her. It's 1111 and 111 where you are. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) We ended our trip on November. Oh, I have to, let's document this so that we do not forget that we came home. We all went home on last Thursday, November 11th. And I took these ladies to Bucky's on our drive from Waco to Austin. And my receipt total on 1111 was 1111. (sighs) I don't even know what I did with the receipts, but I'm sure. (laughs) I didn't document that on social media, but I will document it here so that we remember the magic that we ushered in some kind of portal through Bucky's and I'm just can't wait to see what it brings. But yeah, to go with what you're saying, yes, it's a path that works for now. Well, I think this this reemergence, as you say, on her terms 
is what we're doing. We are stepping into that season for us and really trusting ourselves of what's the right tempo. Because yeah. I remember being so stressed, feeling so much guilt of, oh, I didn't send something out. I must be a bad business owner. I must yeah. be a bad this. And, and I might not get as many whatevers for that path, yeah. but I am choosing into that and being intentional and no you know, linking the benefits and the drawbacks of that choice. And yeah. I'm okay with it. If yeah. I wanted a different result or I wanted something and I felt inspired and compelled enough, I could ramp it up. Yeah. And you probably will hear more from me maybe in 2022. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's what it was. That's what I was going to say is the little soapbox moment where we were like, okay, I can't, I'm so looking forward to and in trust and expectation that we're coming around the mountain. And at some point there's going to be a, get me to the mic moment where, and I know that's going to happen once the book is out and it's ready. You're like, oh my gosh, y'all, I did not put all this effort (laughs) into this for nobody to hear about it. So it's like bang the drum, like get the, get the drum roll ready, get the microphone stand, get me to that podcast, get me to that virtual stage or in-person stage or whatever it is. And so it's like, it's okay. Also for, for us to be in those stages and seasons at different times, it's just for me, I was like, nah, I'm good here for a while, you know, and still I'm like, okay, I'm not in a rush to get to the microphone, but I do have a feeling at certain points when you're at a certain point in the creative process where it's like you have the object like this this is the thing this is the culmination this is the resource kind of like when I created a course about copy I'm like look this is the most effective like efficient way for you to access the knowledge that I have been refining with all of these clients over all of this time and it's all in one spot and you can just feel this relief of like go there. It's all Mm -hmm, here. mm -hmm. You know, it's there. (laughs) Let me take a break over here with my towel on the brow and whatever, but it's like, it'll be so amazing to have it there in one spot. So I'm just, it'll be fun when that's happening. Also knowing that like the anticipation of that, of that season is also half the fun too, to know that it's coming, but right now it's like, you're really earning it. So it's going to feel that much more satisfying when you do get to that point where you're like, yep. I got my book. Swipe up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So if you'd like to follow us on Instagram so yeah. we can do the swipe up feature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you to pieces, Nikki. This was such a fun, fun conversation. Is there anything, last thoughts, pep talks, just anything you want to share or, or say before we say our goodbyes here and then hellos inside our private Instagram story feed for one inboxer. Right. As we said, right before we got onto this one, I was like, Ooh, I can't wait to go listen to whatever the heck we were talking about in the episode that published in 2020. I'm so looking forward to listening back to this conversation a year, two years from now, when both of our books are out, because it's just been so nourishing and sweet to be able to navigate this season together where it's like, like we were talking about on our trip, because all of us are working on books in some form or another. And then once we, once they start coming out, like I have a feeling we're just going to keep cranking them out. So it's kind of like a sweet, I wouldn't say calm before the storm. That's not what it is, but it's just like the before pick, you know, like when Muppet babies, like the baby (laughs) version kind of, you know, like, I just think it's going to be cute to look back at this time and be like, ah, y'all, you, you finally figured it out. You know, you finally like time, energy, effort, awareness, support, all of those things converged in the perfect time. And of course, the further we get, the 
more awareness we have of why things have taken this amount of time. Like I said, looking back at my homework assignments over the years, I'm like, oh, right. I needed to get my family foundation in place, get my baby girl here, get the team roster. You know, everybody's here and settled. Of course, I wasn't going to step on the gas with business if I didn't have this sorted first. So it's just going to be so beautiful to listen back to this conversation. I'm so, so thankful to have you as a friend, a Polly Pocket, like a soulmate in this lifetime, and also to have a front row seat to you bringing this book to the world because it is so powerful for you to put all of this in one spot. It's going to be Again, whenever you're listening to this, if there's a link to pre-order or purchase or whatever, I promise it's going to be worth it to you because Jada has so many amazing stories. Her clients have so many inspiring stories and the way that she leads, I mean, you can tell obviously, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, but her inspiration cooties are one of a kind. Oh, Nikki, I love it. And I see us so much closer to the big vision that we've set over the last Mm -hmm. couple of years of you know, just on this last trip, we talked about, we're going to do like a three-year squad book tour. <laughs> never ending. Yes. And, this is the tour that never ends. Yeah. And it goes on and on my friend. <laughs> so I, and I just remember when I was at the Elizabeth Gilbert, her sharing that we're like, that'll be us one day where we can just be friends on a stage, mm-hmm. talking about our books, sharing our stories, leading book writing retreats. Like it's, it just feels like it's so close. And yet we are really good at making our timelines feel expansive so that we don't burn out and feel overwhelmed and exhausted in the process. And I think you and I are, are really great models of that, of just doing things on our own timeline and trusting the process. And I'm just so thankful to be in your corner. And I, get the inspiration cuties from you and all the word nerd isms like author pants. Uh, It's just been so much fun. So please, please tune in to Nikki and all the places, NikkiElichBrown.com. And of course, we'll link to show notes and all the respective places. And I just want to squeeze you and love you. I can't wait till 2022. (laughs) Same, same. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I mean priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire Builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Good job, buddy.